0: morning. The diehards are here this morning. All right. So I propose that we set up a little expedition to go to Arendelle and find Elsa and see if she can reverse the eternal winter. Because you know, well, she said she didn't know how, but eventually she figured out that it was love, so love let her control the fear, so maybe maybe we should go preach the gospel to Elsa, uh, perfect love casts out fear and all that, and we can have spring. We're willing to try. Oh, I am willing to try, because I am so over winter, so we've had a, enough winter to last two lifetimes. So, Alright, Jesus, we thank you for your word, uh, for your goodness to us, I thank you for meeting with us in this place and, uh, time after time after time. God, and how You have blessed us and drawn us to Yourself. And God, we just pray that uh, today You would minister Your Word as only You can. And God, that, that Your anointing would would do as only it could do. God, that You would speak and accomplish exactly what You want. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. amen. Go me to Acts 11, I believe it's verse, I want to say 26, I'll know when I get there. You're probably going to beat me there. much fun sitting in front of Malachi back there. Alright, so <clears throat> I normally like to read like big swaths of Scripture and comment on them, but uh, I'm just going to read this one verse here, uh, verse 26. Of course, it's kind of in the middle of something, but... Um, I'm still going to stick with this verse. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit is how they were called Christians there in Antioch. Um, Because I was thinking about this verse because I was thinking about uh, identity and, and how we identify ourselves. And what we identify with so uh, your your sense of identity comes from the uh, your surroundings and your environment and the input that you get growing up, so hopefully uh, your uh, your family establishes in you a sense of identity that's positive uh, that's not um, you know overly um, Overly uh, over the top, I suppose if I could say it that way. Um, we've we've all met those those people that uh, their 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 parents dote on them and have convinced them that they are God's gift to the world. Um, but uh, um, but I was thinking about this yesterday because um, you know what what if you have a negative experience growing up, for example, you know you go to school. Uh, and the input that you get is that you know that you're a loser, that you're weird, or or whatever. Um, so say that happens to you from kindergarten through fifth grade or whatever. Uh, how is it that you know, or what it, what causes you to then, by the time you start sixth grade, you now you're in junior high and you have this identity that that you uh, you see yourself as as being all of those those things that they've told you. It comes from having believed it. it comes from having accepted what what you are, are told then uh, and so and and that can happen with the good stuff too you know if uh you know if all of the input that you receive growing up is that you've got more muscles than everybody else or you're prettier than all the other girls or you're smarter than everybody else or better than everybody else, then you can you can end up. Now, now you're in junior high and you're 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 better than everybody else. I, uh, <laughs> I will never forget uh, when I was I don't know it's probably junior high ish and uh, uh, I was at the pool. I know those of you who know me well I'm shocked to know that I was ever actually went to a pool. But um, this kid pops up out of the water and is just being snarky with me and. uh He was just young enough. uh, There was enough of a gap in our ages that I really didn't know who he was. And uh, I was like, well, who are you? And I'll never forget, he's like, I'm Will Davis, and I'm better than you. (laughs) I thought, what a great introduction. It's like, I should use that. (laughs) It's like, hi, I'm Greg. That's the painting, and I'm better than you. You But... uh, (laughs) You know, and it's funny because when I got a little older, uh, I didn't know Dennis until high school. And he he was actually pretty. You, know, you wouldn't know it to look at him, but he was quite scrappy. He got in a lot of fights and stuff like that in school. And uh, uh, he's like, you know, you should have just hit him in the face. He would have never seen it coming. And and then you could have said, uh, you could have stood there and said, Wow, do you feel better now, Will? I know I do. <laughs> and I thought, dang, I wish I was that fast on my feet, but I'm not. It's like. I'm great to have in, you know, two hours after an emergency. That's a good time to have me there. So it's like, like that's what I should have said. Dang it! I'm that guy that lays in bed at night and thinks that's what I should have done. Uh, Well, too late now. So, so we have this sense of identity then that comes from believing whatever our life experience, and the input that we receive from our environment tells us we are. So, uh, so then we meet God. So then we meet Jesus, and, and he has something to say about your identity as well. He has something to say about your value, because you can meet Jesus and either feel like you're a, a worthless worm of a human being or that you have got it all together and you're you're pretty pretty awesome already. Uh, I remember there used to be a car out in the parking lot all the time that said "Born Okay the First Time," and I always thought that was uh, you know, foolish and hilarious. But because uh, of course the fool believes there's no God. But um, so. So then Jesus pours out his 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 love on you and he woos you and, and tells you how you know how he loves you uh, you know in spite of of who you are because uh, uh, and then you've all of course experienced this it's like yes you know you are a sinner yes you have all this stuff but but that's the old man and I'm going to make you new I'm going to come inside of you I want to make you a new person and uh, Um, and then so that happens to us and then we we have this if I could use the phrase honeymoon phase where everything is right with the world and the the sky is extra blue and the grass is extra green or the snow is extra white you know whatever and um, life is just wonderful and then our and we have uh, um, and we have believed the thing that Jesus has said about us so now our sense of identity has changed because we have accepted what he said about us mm-hmm. so 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 we get rid of the whatever for good or for ill whatever kind of identity we had before we get rid of that identity to believe the thing that that this identity that Jesus would give us but then we reach the end of this kind of honeymoon phase as it were uh, and your flesh wants to rear its ugly head and reassert itself, and and now we have this identity crisis of oh, I thought I was a good person, I thought I was a Christian, and and all this stuff, and and you find out that uh, that uh, that your your flesh would really like to have things back the way they were, or would like to at least um, you know. You know, shake Jesus' hand for fixing the uh, the turmoil in your life, but uh, but you know now that we're everything's smooth sailing, I'd really like to you know I, I'm ready to drive again. Um, and so we 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 get into this this wrestling match with ourselves and and with with who we are. Um, you know, and, and in this passage, you know, I I find it interesting that they were called Christians uh, because it's uh, because we all co- of course you know think of ourselves as Christians but it's not something it's not a title that 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 Jesus conferred on us it's not a title or a name that that the Christians then had given to themselves because um, it said that they were called Christians they didn't call themselves Christians um, and the when you when you break that word down it, it means belonging to Jesus or in, in the party of Jesus and so the, these people in Antioch recognized that, uh, that these, this was somehow different than than the Jews. This was somehow different than, um, than everyone else. They talked about this one God thing, and they appeared to be talking about the same God, but this was something that was clearly different. And so, of course, the world sees that, or should see that, in the church now. Um, I don't think the world sees it like it should, uh, but it should see it in you. Know, because you have this individual identity that that we've been de- talking about so far, um, but there's this there's this part of that identity that is a corporate thing. It's like I belong to him, I belong to the the church, and and I belong to the, the, the people of God. Um, so that's that's one thing about identity. You know, we, we wrestle with that sense of of Holding on to that identity that Jesus gives us, because now suddenly, like as I said, we have this back and forth of of the wrestling of your inside man and your outside man, and that's that's really where the the difference is there, because um, your identity is 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 what he gives you. Your identity is what you believe that it is, and uh, you know, at, at the risk of sounding like a Self-esteem, self-help type person. It really is your sense of, of value um, and how you you feel about yourself or perceive yourself. Uh, really does boil down to what you believe. And if you believe that that God loves you, if you believe that 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 honestly, Jesus decided that I was valuable enough to to die for me. And, and to be raised again for my justification, and that—that's the thing that your value rests on, not on what can I do. Am, am I doing okay right now, or am I doing not so okay right now? That—that that sense of value doesn't land on that. Um, you know, um, when I first came here, I always, I, you know, I'd never been to church before. I'd never really gone to church anywhere else. Um, but I, I remember coming here and thinking it was kind of odd that people showed up to church in you know, like blue jeans and a T-shirt, and I thought, well, that's odd. I thought you're supposed to dress nice for church. And um you know, and I, you know, of course, I was a teenager, and I was like, that's really cool. You can dress how you want to come to church. Ah, oh. you know, and and I, you know, wear whatever you want within reason, but <laughs> within reason, but um, um. Uh, you know the uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about you know about the way you dress you know or just about you know dressing for the occasion or, or what have you cuz you know it's like some people they have a job where it's like you can just wear whatever it doesn't matter some people have a uniform some places where you work you kind of have like a dress code you know it's like you know if you work in an office you know you might have like blue jean fridays or something but the rest of the week they expect you to to dress nice and that kind of thing You know so i i have a job where it's kind of up to me what i want to wear but it matters what i wear because of how i'm presenting myself and so having this conversation it's like well you know the thing is about how you you know how you present yourself is um a lot of that has to do with how you see yourself and with you know what kind of value you believe that you have and what your identity is um you know i uh um you know, I, as you might have guessed from everything I've said so far, I had a pretty negative sense of my identity growing up and uh um and to this day, like I I'm still like shifting my thinking over as like um, uh that that you know who I am is actually something to be proud of you know, because because God loved me and because it doesn't matter what other people think or say. You know, and so uh, when we lived in Baldwin, my parents gave us, um, they were doing some landscaping or whatever, and so they were getting rid of this stone that said Collins on it, and uh, and so we put it in our front yard. I've got some really great pictures of Zoe sitting on it, and, uh, and it's just adorable. Um, the the professional movers that we hired when we moved to Ottawa quailed when I told them that we were taking that with us. They were like, oh, Really? like well unless somebody else named Collins is buying this house probably not going to want it <laughs> and actually I it's still in my garage but I do intend eventually to put it in my front yard somewhere and then we'll probably move again but um but but you know I, there's the sense of well you know so um you know, uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, as you, when you become an adult, you, like, enter this whole different world than you're in when you're in school, and uh, uh especially if you go to a small school, you know, everybody knows who you are, sort of, and uh, it was really interesting to me growing up and then coming into, you know, going out into the real world and, like, people call you sir. I was, like, 20, and somebody would call me sir, and <laughs> I'm like, sir, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, it was really interesting to me to be treated with respect simply because I was a person um, when I became an adult because I didn't have that growing up, and uh, um, so, so but so that's one sense of identity. The other thing I wanted to talk about with identity and what we identify with is uh, it really ties into that sense of, of who who am I. Who, who are you? Do you belong? Are you a Christian? If you are, then you belong to to Him. You're in the family of God. You're in His party, as it were. Um, so when you when you encounter the Word of God, uh, you know, be it you know, in your prayer closet or at church or uh, on Tuesday afternoon when you're just driving along in your car whatever it might be, when you encounter the Word of God, there is a sense of identifying with something in it. Um, So, for example, you might uh, might go read through Jeremiah. You might take like a snowy day where you're stuck in your house and you can't leave the house and think, I'm just going to sit down and read the entire book of Jeremiah. And if you identify with the wrong thing in it, then you will be uh looking for the Alka-Seltzer about twenty chapters in but but it depends on who you identify with right so uh, so Paul talked about um, in in uh in first corinthians chapter eleven he talks about uh the the lord's Supper and uh examining yourself uh with the uh, with the uh with the the, the words brought forth, uh, and uh, and you should—that's uh, something that that uh, that we should do, you know, at church It's something that we should do at home as well. Because uh, in in that most famous of chapters, Paul said that if we should judge ourselves, then we, we won't be judged. I mean, God doesn't have to to bring stuff to your attention if you see it yourself and fix it. Uh, if, if I could get my children to realize that when you eat you sometimes get food on your face and they if they would do something about it, I would not have to tell them. I keep hoping that someday they they will be self aware enough to realize that people can see them and because <laughs> it just it, it bothers me i 'm like Pfft. but uh, anyway um, so when you when you come to church, for example. And and the, the 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 word of God comes forth, and, and if you believe that because you're here it applies to you, and you should. Then uh, there comes this sense of having to understand um, the how the sorting process works, how the that self-examination works. Uh, Because, uh, you know, if you're here and God's talking about something really serious, then, you know, obviously uh, you want to take that to heart. Because if you're here, the Word of God applies to you. Um, And it could simply be a warning. It could simply be a learning moment for you. It could simply be, hey, here's something to keep an eye out moving forward. Here's something that you might see pop up in your life or in somebody that's close to you. So be aware of that. And God might be talking really seriously to somebody else that, hey, this thing is going on in your life right now, and it needs to change right now. Um, So how many of you have ever, you know, like think back to elementary school, somebody got really big trouble and the teacher has just snapped. (laughs) And they have like the really uncomfortable lecture where the teacher is just like crackling with like suppressed rage wishing she could hurt somebody. And you know that it wasn't you. You didn't have anything to do with it. But you feel really uncomfortable, don't you? It feels like, oh, man. And, you know, and that's kind of what the fear of God is like. When you come to church and God is talking really serious about something that, that maybe he's, it's not something that's in your life. And so he's not dealing with you about that particular thing. But you feel that sense of, ooh, that's serious. And so you take a look at your life, right? That's what you're supposed to do uh, and that's as I'm so fond of saying that's where we we can't go on a witch hunt, just determined that if I'm here, and that's what God's talking about, I'm going to dig until I find it, because um, when God is ready to deal with an issue in your life, if there's something that you don't see and and he's uh or that you're you're just kind of letting slide by, and uh, if, if God is, is saying now is the time we're going to deal with this, He will deal with it, and He will make you aware of it. So you need not worry about that. Uh, so you know it really is as as serious, or I mean, as simple as you know God saying if you have a blue shirt, you need to fix it now. You know, and if you look down, your shirt is red, you're good, right? You don't have to, you know, dig in your pocket for some tums because he's talking about, you know, change the blue shirt, you know, and uh, you know, just for example. So that you can identify with the wrong thing, right? Like, uh, like I said, with you know, you, if you read through Jeremiah, you have to read it in the context of what he's talking about, and that's you know, and that's why a lot of times. Um, I don't like to just cherry pick a little verse like that particularly. A lot of times, because I don't want to read it out of context. But when you talk about when you when you read in Jeremiah, you have all this history of God talking to them and talking to them and talking to them talking to them talking to them and them ignoring it and and and, and just uh, just brazenly doing what they wanted to do and and even killing the the people that, that God would send to to tell them that things needed to change. Um and so you can read about all this destruction that God's talking about and think, Oh man but if if God is uh you know, if you can honestly examine your life and find, well, okay, the things that God is talking about are not in my life. That's not really there then, then then you're good. But it comes part of it comes down to the way that we see God's identity. And uh, you know, God has He's given us this this big old book in, in black and white and red to tell us about who He is and to help us to understand His identity. And and He and uh, you know He approaches it in so many different ways. Like I was reading Proverbs with the kids last night, uh, and uh, I love especially in the first couple of chapters how Solomon's like you know, my son, blah 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 blah, you know. And um, and it just feels like your dad sitting you down and telling you about this is how life works and and really teaching you something. And I was telling the kids, was like, you know, uh, I didn't really – I mean, my dad was there, but I didn't really have that growing up. I mean, he was – you know, I learned from him uh, to be responsible. I learned how to work hard from him. But it was by example, not because he ever sat me down and, and taught me stuff. It didn't really – wasn't the type of person to sit me down and teach me about life you know, so it's like you guys have an entirely different experience here where we're just you know sitting around in our comfy chairs and our pjs and and like teaching you about you know equipping you for life and uh, so you know I love how God gives us that sense of of him being a father um, some people can't identify very well with that sense of 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 him being a father, Mark Rutland tells a story about being at this uh, meeting, and this this woman comes up at the altar call, and uh, and he hadn't seen her face, and she just comes up and and she's got her hair down over her face and everything, um, and he asks if she wants to to pray with him to and receive Christ, and and she just nods, and he's like, okay, well repeat after me, which is kind of silly, I think, but, um, uh, so he starts out this prayer, uh, uh, Heavenly Father, and she doesn't say anything. And he's like, okay, so you, you, you want to receive Christ, right? she's like, mm-hmm, shakes her head again. He's like or nods her head. He's like, okay, our Father, which art in heaven? And then she still doesn't say anything. And he's like, uh, is, there, is, it, is everything okay? Is there something wrong here? And she looks up, and her lip is split, and she's got a black eye and this big old bruise on her cheek. And she's like, you know, I really need Jesus, but I've got about all the Father I can handle. And so he thought, "Huh. So that's definitely not going to work for her. <laughs> God's going to have to fix that in her to to see what a father really should be." Then, so um, um, so there, you know, he comes at at, at these these different angles of, of of how we see him, and gives us all these different examples of, of what he's like, and. Uh, so so, when God brings a really serious word, then that sense of or any word really, that sense of how do we perceive God's identity really matters, because God could say something like he said last week, uh, I think it was Wednesday, he talked about really taking him seriously and valuing the relationship and and um, you know and really putting him first and, and, and doing that. Uh, and the the thing about that is, you depending on how how you identify what God is saying and what you believe His identity to be, you could come away from that saying, you know, feeling like God's saying, "You need to quit screwing around and and come pray more," and you know, because you're you're being stupid and you know, quit wasting all your time with all this stuff and
1: get down here and pray now,
0: you know, you you could come away from it with thinking okay and boy nothing would make you want to go and pray you know you'd feel so entreated wouldn't you that's like get in here pray you know Uh, you know i mean who, who wants to have a conversation with anybody under that kind of circumstance that kind of setting that's like your boss calling you and you stand in front of his desk uncomfortably while he you know gets on your case you're not going to tell him, oh, most benevolent boss. You know, it's not going to happen. But if you if you see God in, in the way His identity really is, you could see that you get that same word, and it's like, wow, that's precious. He loves me so much that He's reminding me, He's like, I love you, and I want to spend time with you, and I and I want you to to, to come and spend time with me, and and you're going to need it. Because life is tough, and it's not going to get any easier between here and there, and you're going to need that strength that comes from me. So, so come and 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 just and, and fellowship with me. So it depends on how you see their identity. You know, there's there's quite a few Sunday afternoons we go home from church and and. Uh, uh, mike and sarah be like hey you guys want to come over have some coffee sit in front of the fire because of course it's you know the winter that never ends and who doesn't want to go sit in front of a fire with some coffee and your best friends i mean that life doesn't get much better than that uh, but i'm happy when they do that you know i don't feel the sense of obligation like oh man i gotta go all right I go sit with mike and sarah and drink coffee and Talk about stuff I don 't give a crap about you know that's not how it works right that 's more like going and seeing my parents um, to be quite honest, but um, I love them, but it's like you have you know there's nothing like having a conversation with somebody that you have nothing in common with so that to make you feel like this is uh, not profitable but so it depends on how you identify then what God is saying, how you identi- how you identify yourself. As, as what God would say to you, would he, would he, does he see me as, um, as being this, this, uh, uh, defective, uh, failure? And so everything he says to me is get it together, get it right, quit messing around. Or does he see me as, as his workmanship but his beloved child and is everything that he says to me does it have something to do with him bringing me to victory and getting done in my life what he what he wants to get done because he loves me so it depends on a lot on what you believe about yourself and, and what you believe about him and so as i said at the beginning the things that you believe about yourself has to be something that uh comes from what he says about who you are what he says about the value that he places on you. Uh, the great thing about being loved by somebody uh, and, the, uh, and accepting their assessment of you as, as your identity and as your value is once you settle on that, then it really doesn't matter what anybody else's input is. It really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, some people I know it really, really matters to them what people think. They're so concerned. What would people say if I did that? You know, what if I, you know, if I came in in a purple shirt, everybody would be like, (laughs) you know. And and then some people could care less uh, what what other people think about them. Um, And you know, we obviously want to project Christ and project a good example everywhere we go uh but if people don't like you or think that you're weird or a loser or whatever really doesn't matter because for one thing it's inaccurate well maybe not the weird part but um <laughs> it it doesn't matter what people think about you because what what really does matter where you get your identity from is what is what Christ thinks about you what he said about you and and uh um, and he said that, that he could never forget you. he said that he had engraved your name uh, upon his palms. so if he loves you like that and then th- that would be your, your sense of you know I, I think you could say value or identity I think it's pretty interchangeable uh, and so if that 's where your value comes from then um, you know that 's a really good thing so yep so so looking at the things that God says through that lens of of he loves me. Is, is a really important thing and understanding that the that who you are and your your sense of of uh, of value and, and and who he is is it all comes down to what he says in his word Jesus we just thank you praise you this morning for uh, your great love and mercy and we just thank you that that your word to us is good God, even even if you were Talking about us uh, or to us about something serious that needed change god that's a loving thing it 's a glorious thing, so God, what we pray is that you would just do in us as only you can that you'd prepare our hearts today to receive everything that you have for us, and then that your uh, word would inform our thinking that your word would uh uh, cause that faith to rise up inside of us to receive from you, uh, who who you say that we are and who you say that you are, God that we might see your word uh, to us and ex- as we examine ourselves that we might see it in that light of 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 your love and 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 who you are, God that understanding the the context of of who is speaking to Uh, makes the difference in the the things that that, that you say to us. God, we just praise you, glorify you, keep everybody safe out on the roads today, and have your perfect way in this place today. God, is only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen.